0: Hello and welcome to our first ever episode of Cool Jams! Woohoo! Thanks for choosing to tune in, you obviously have good taste. <laughs> I am Jelen and I'm joined by Jay on text-to-speech because she doesn't want her voice recorded. Hello. And this is our little corner on the internet, a virtual matter if you will, where we come together and talk about cool jam dramas. So let's get settled in. Take a seat, join us around this table, and let's talk about Mystic Pop-Up Bar. You know, this show is such a great show. It's fun, it's light but with substance, and with all the craziness in the world right now, it's such a delight. So there's no better way to start the Cool Gems podcast than with this Cool Gem drama. This drama was recommended as one of the best of 2020. And I remember reading the synopsis and being really intrigued. But at the same time, it reminded me so much of Hotel de Luna. So I didn't actually watch it until you said that you couldn't stop thinking about it. Because I didn't want a repeat of Hotel de Luna because that is a masterpiece. But I'm so glad I watched it. It was so good. What about you? What drew you to the drama at first?
1: I felt... Like you said, it sounded quite similar to Hotel Del Luna, mm-hmm. but I gave it a try since I like watching shows with elements of fantasy in it. I also read many comments about how good the show is.
0: Because mm-hmm. we started watching it after it was complete.
1: Yeah, so there were already reviews of the drama online.
0: Mm-hmm. I ended up binge watching it in like two days, I think. I think you took less time than I did because I got distracted.
1: I think. I finished it in less than a day. Stayed up till about 4 to watch it.
0: Wow, that's some um, grind for the drama right there. So if you don't know what the story is about, um, the premise of this story is this hot-tempered woman, Wu who is sent to the living realm to comfort and settle the grudges of a 100,000 people as atonement for her past sins. She does this by operating Mystic Pop-Up Bar, which is a pojang matter. And she invites people to come in and share their grudges. A Pomata is basically like an outdoor bar it's a like a it's a very humble setting. You go there to um get some drinks and some street food and chill with your friends. Wodo is played by Huang Znglum, um who is a very high profile actress she was in she was pretty secret. Have you seen her actually
1: I've watched she was pretty.
0: Oh, you have? I haven't seen that.
1: I mean, I didn't really like it. I mainly watch it because of she won. Oh. But her acting was a little over the top.
0: Oh, I I haven't seen any of her dramas, so I had like no expectations for her character. Um, but she was perfect for Wolju. Like, she has this larger-than-life character, she's very naggy, very strong-headed, um, but also, in a sense, very motherly. I guess her character is a little bit over-the-top, so it suits her?
1: Yeah, I think she toned it down for this drama, so I quite like her acting here. Her mm-hmm. role was suitable for her, like you said, I guess. Maybe. She's naturally more over-the-top, which suits her character.
0: Yeah, I think she was very well-casted for this drama. And Wu is joined by Choi Won Young's character, Chief Gui, who was once a top afterlife detective. That is, he used to be an enforcer of the laws of the afterlife, um, but he's now an employee for the Mystic Pop-Up Bar. Sent by the higher-ups to help the store out due to its current poor performance. Choi Won Young is another big name. He was in the Airs Hwarang, or you may know him as the Knight's nice Father on Sky Castle. Have you seen his dramas?
1: I watched the Airs, but I don't remember that he was on the show.
0: Yeah, same. Like, like I remember him most from Sky Castle, but it's such a big difference. Like his Sky Castle character, he was the Knight's nice Father, but it was such a dark, um, heavy drama and. I almost didn't recognize him in this drama. In this drama, he's like comedic, but also like badass because of his detective past. And he pulls off this character really, really well. So kudos to him. He really fit the role very well, even though it's so different from what he's done before. But I guess that kind of tells you how good he is at acting. Yeah,
1: his acting here is great.
0: And also on their team is Han kang a young and innocent part-time employee who has a gift of drawing out stories and people. Whoever he touches or whoever touches him can't help but share their secrets. He's played by Yuk song de and not gonna lie, he was what attracted me to this show um, because I really enjoy watching him and I like his singing and he always plays like this very delightful, playful character. And he brings such boyish and innocent charms, and he's really good at that. And that's kind of why I was really um, looking forward to seeing him in this drama.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way.
0: Overall, it has a really promising premise. And I'm going to pass right here for a spoiler warning. The quick rundown is that the show has an awesome cast. It has a beautiful story and it has mostly great pacing. Um, so if you haven't watched the rest of the drama, we are gonna go a little bit deeper into talking about the drama because there is so much to talk about. If you don't want it spoiled for you, if you haven't watched it, um, come back when you've watched it. Are you still here? If you are, let's dive in! You know, what I really love about this drama is how it tackles a different social issue in every single episode. So you know there's this like, um, a story in every episode, like a mini story that is a little bit related to the personal experiences of the main cast. But at the same time, these stories are also about social issues in Korea. Um, social commentary, I guess, about very important discussions and conversations that we should be having. Like in the first episode, it talks about trigger warning, you know, suicide. It talks about the harm of vicious rumors, which by the way, I don't really understand. You know how does this one scene in the first episode where the handmaiden or servant of the queen, I don't really know what she's called she goes to Woltu's house and she sees a group of Woltu's neighbors standing there and gossiping about Woltu and saying really nasty things about her and you know they were saying that she services the crown prince every night and they were just saying very mean things in a very vicious manner and I just don't really understand that part because earlier on in the episode we saw Woltu going around helping people and her neighbors taking very well to her they like her they thank her all the time for her help so i mean i know people gossip but i just don't understand how she went from being liked to being negatively talked about
1: it could be that they're jealous she's got the crown prince's attention and affection not everybody gets that privilege
0: well yeah well yeah that that makes sense I guess I can see why they would want to gossip about her because they want what she has. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Another thing that is brought up in the first episode alone is toxic friendships. Like that scene where Song Jae meets his- Oh, Kang Bei, Kang Bei. I mean. Kang Bei meets his high school friend, I think? And upon touching his friend, he finds out that this friend- isn't really here to be a friend but is here to use kongbei and that's just really sad and i think that's something that most of us have experienced before so that was really relatable and then also you know the topics of workplace harassment that was i think the bigger theme of that episode which was a really important conversation to have so i'm really glad that that episode talked about it and they dealt with it i feel in such a great manner too because they didn't just solve the problem through some mystic dream potion power ability thing that you know we don't have access to they showed the whole process of how terrifying it is and obviously this is a very sensitive issue that may be taboo in some cultures but i'm really glad that this drama brought it up and talked about it i don't know what do you think um if you're listening to this what do you think of the way they handled the situation then you know as you go on there is talk about unfair hiring practices there is talk about bullying there is talk about how you should be kind to people but i think the topic that caught my attention the most was in episode 2 where, you know, we got introduced to the story of Kung Bae's landlady. That story in particular really stood out to me because many of the other topics, while they are very important conversations to be had, and I really applaud the drama for bringing these topics up, but they were all victims of their circumstances, of terrible, terrible things. And... Episode 2 was, I'd say, one of the only stories where you see this character who is a victim of her past mistakes and her choices. And I really love this episode because it didn't just show one idealized outcome. It showed different perspectives. You know, the way Kangbei reacted to it is different from the way um, Woluju reacted to it. And their reactions were different from Chief Glee's reactions. And I just found it so um insightful because it reminded me of this quote I saw on Instagram by this person called Dom Roberts. And she said something like, Do I give the same grace for others that I give myself when I mess up? Because I can just imagine seeing this story of a woman who hurt a family, who hurt a relationship on social media and people just calling her out for it and saying, how could you do something like that? How could you deceive your own daughter? How could you claim to be a mom if, you know, this is what led you to becoming a mom? And I think we see that in Wolju's reaction, so it's very understandable, you know, it's relatable, but at the same time, the episode portrayed such a human side to the whole tragedy, it shows that she wasn't just this villain, she was human, and she was hurt too, and she's been stewing in her shame and guilt. And even though she never talked about it with anybody, she never owned up to it till, you know, that episode. She's not a bad person. She loves her daughter, and she loves her friend, and she's been in so much pain since the accident, And I just feel like there's just so much grace and so much empathy in that episode and I just really, I really can't say enough good things about it. So I really love that theme in particular, especially because we've all made horrible mistakes. We've all said things we weren't supposed to say or that we didn't mean or we've all done things that we're not proud of. And this episode shows that, you know, that's not the end of the world. You don't have to beat yourself up about it forever. There is forgiveness. You can move on. You can heal. Because I think a lot of times we don't realize that our mistakes don't just hurt others. They hurt us too. and, And it's not just about forgiving others. It's also about forgiving yourself and... That's just a really powerful and important thing i feel and yeah in general again i just love that this drama is bringing up all these important conversations about unfair hiring practices because that's very relevant to us right now um i'm sure you have read in the news many stories of unfair practices of unfair treatment at the workplace And jobs are such a huge topic right now, considering the pandemic. And yeah, difficult conversations like um, infertility, like bullying. I just really love that this drama created a space to talk about these issues. And I just love that it's not done in a way where people are just left, you know, feeling bad about society, feeling like, Oh, why is society like that? Why are people so terrible? No, it's dealt with in a way that makes you hopeful. It's dealt with in a way that makes you want to see a difference, makes you want to be part of the difference. I just really like that. And I hope that it has become, you know, a conversation starter for many viewers so that we can normalize talking about these things. But back to you, what was something that really stood out to you from this drama? What did you maybe take away from it? What was especially insightful for you?
1: I think. I like the theme of family and I guess, sacrifice. You know, how Ju was willing to give up the rest of eternity for the sake of Kangbei, and later on Chief Gui makes a deal to do the same. But also when she found out that she killed her unborn child, she was willing to take on this punishment that we know she absolutely hated, but she was willing to do it anyways to save her child. This shows how noble a mother's love is.
0: Yeah, you know, we always say love is spelled sacrifice, and you really see that come through in this drama, how they were just all so willing to lay down their lives for the people they loved. And it was so heartbreaking, but at the same time, it's just so, like, it made me ugly cry. I'm I'm not gonna hide that fact. It was just such a powerful, such a beautiful story.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: But honestly, I feel like the characters brought a lot to the stories. We got to see such a holistic overview of these different topics and ideas and themes through the different characters. Like, again, you know, when I was talking about episode 2 and how the different characters brought in different opinions and different views about one single situation, and we can each identify maybe with someone we relate to more, and I just feel like, in general, the characters are very well written. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the characters and what I love about them. Awesome. So first up, we have Wu the main character of the drama. You know, she's this larger-than-life character. She is so big, like she's just such a big character. Your eyes are just drawn to her on screen, whatever she does, whatever she says. She has such a commanding, you know, aura. She's fierce, she's loyal, she's kind. She stands up for what she believes in, and she does so many many times throughout the drama. But she also has this very caring motherly type of character. Like, you can just imagine her teaching her kid to stand up for himself if he gets bullied, or if something happens to him that is not so, you know, fair to him. You can see her, you know, going to schools and arguing with teachers about unfair treatment. She just has that vibe, you know? And, you know, in Kongbei's dream, where she was the mom That was kinda how I saw her from the start, she's this like, the mom of the group. She also, in my opinion, had a huge personality change from when she was a kid to, you know, present day her. What we've seen of her kid self was she was very compassionate, very quiet, kinda soft-spoken, Person who was very keen to help others and I think that's something that she still has in her present-day self Um, She's still very compassionate and sympathetic, but she has become this very strong Opinionated person very bold and of course she went from you know loving people and being helpful and wanting to help people all the time to not really wanting to help people as you know, the premise of the drama begins with. And in a way, it kinda surprised me, but not really.
1: It could be because of her hatred of humans.
0: Yeah there's that, um, yeah that's true, I guess if you were forced to carry people's pains for like 500 years and solve their grudges for them, you would- it would probably take a toll on you, and I don't think she has like a support system to count on until like the drama happens.
1: And she never got justice for what happened to her.
0: Yeah, exactly. She she wasn't healed of her own grudge until the end of the drama, so so I guess having to care for other people on top of your own broken heart that is very tough. I have another question, and that is how did she become a woman when she was reading the scrolls of her sins, like She went from being a little kid, reading the scrolls, and then it cuts to the next scene where you see that she's a full-grown adult. (laughs) How did that happen?
1: I think it's because she accepted her punishment, so since the people in her time knew she was dead, it'd be weird if she returned as her young self. So she had to look different.
0: Oh, that's true. She can't just go back as herself, can she? Yeah, I didn't think of that. That's true. Yeah. Like you said, she also goes from, you know, hating people at the start of the drama, you know, forcefully getting people to share their struggles, to ultimately at the end of the drama, wanting to do this forever. Although, it kind of made me wonder because she has solved 900, 999,999 cases, I think. That's a lot of nines. It kinda made me wonder if she's you know, helped so many different people, why only now why is it only in the duration of the drama that she had a change of heart? Maybe it was just a gradual thing that has been happening the past five hundred years and only kinda reached a peak when she meets um Kangbei and has Chief Gui by her side. I don't know, or maybe because she was forced to play counselor throughout um, the entire 500 years that she's been on earth solving people's problems. And this has always been a task imposed on her. And, you know, she didn't really want to do it from the start. She was just doing it to save the soul of her child.
1: Yeah, I think that's part of the reason. It was somewhat of a burden. It was not something she signed up for. She wasn't even doing it to feel good about herself, it was a punishment she took on for the sake of her child, so she's got that weighing down on her. But we do see her grow throughout the drama, from all the experiences she had and the story she heard from the last nine customers, which she related to her own life, and that probably gave her a different perspective.
0: Yeah, that's true, I didn't think about that. She does learn a lot from the characters of the mini-stories, so maybe that's kind of what happened for her.
1: Yep, I think so.
0: Next, we have the sweet, bumbling and empathetic Kangbae. You know, I really love his character. He is adorable, and he brings such light-hearted energy into the dynamics of the trio, which is actually really surprising considering his past. We know he did not have the best childhood, but he never really seems to let that weigh him down too much. We never really see him resent his past. We never really see him pity himself, in fact. And I actually really admire that about him because it's so easy to just get caught up in terrible, terrible things that have been done to us. And I think it takes a lot of courage to, you know, live your life to the fullest, to not let things that happened out of your control to affect you and... And it's definitely easier said than done, so that's kind of why I really like his character. Another thing I really enjoy about his character is he goes from this scared and alone character to becoming bold and trusting. So we see him grow as a person throughout this drama.
1: Yeah, I think he goes through quite a bit of character development. He starts off the drama believing that in order to be on good terms with those around him, it's better to be unaware of what others truly feel. But as the drama progresses, he realized, through his experiences with a mystic pop-up bar team, that if you're willing to share your wounds with someone, you might find someone with the same wound. So you get to know more about someone as they get to know more about you.
0: Yeah, exactly. He opens up and he lets people in and he reaches out to people now. He doesn't just hold back and, and it's just really sweet to see because I think a lot of us have experienced... Um, getting hurt before and it can be terrifying to reach out again but you know from the story we see that sometimes we need to let our walls down and we move and grow and heal. Rounding off the main cast, of course, we have Chief Glee. He is the Appa to Wolju's Oma. From the start, he gave me K-drama Fatherly Vibes. Like, you know how when you watch K-dramas about families, you usually have a mom who is more outspoken, who is more strong-headed, and the dad is usually the one who plays with the kids, or the one who's more reserved, who listens to his wife and um, quietly supports his family. So that was kind of the vibes I got from him right from the start. He's supportive, he's sweet, sometimes he's comedic, but he can be serious and he can be badass, which is what a lot of fathers in K-dramas are like, at least from what I've seen. I'm not talking about the rich father who doesn't care about their kid and only wants to make them the CEO. They're not not those fathers. I mean like the protagonist family, father, K-drama.
1: Haha, ha. okay, I know what you mean.
0: yeah. <laughs> You know, we see a wide range of emotions, I guess, from him. Like I said, we see him in very comedic moments, but then we also see him in the serious, sacrificial, courageous moments. And it's just kind of a testament to how complex this character is.
1: I really like that moment too, and the moment he bargained with the goddess to take Woolju's place.
0: Yeah, that moment hit me so hard.
1: I like how willing he was to sacrifice himself for her. It really showed how deep his love was for her, and how he really tried to keep his promise to her to protect her.
0: And then when he took the sword to the chest, that was... Oh gosh, I was... I was broken.
1: (laughs) I love that scene.
0: But he kind of goes through a personality change too, if you see his young self. He was kind of like the young, naive um, character. He pushed the limits. In the modern day, he was the more reserved character and he let Wolju be the strong character. But this reminds me, um I love Wolju and Chief Gui's dynamic. I mean it's like we knew from the start that they were gonna be together because they are the two main characters <laughs> and and they always had this bickering old married couple kind of vibes going on for them. So it was no surprise but at the same time, I kind of wished that they had expended a little bit more after finding out who they were. Because how did they not have any romantic encounters before the truth came out? Like, you know how Kangbei was like, surprised to find out that they used to be like, a thing? Like, I feel if I were in his shoes, I would probably be really surprised too because of how they never seem to interact in a romantic way, but then maybe it's just not the typical kind of romance. There's a word for this, there's a Greek word for this, it's called pragma love, and it's an aged, matured, and developed over time kind of love, like when you have a unique harmony that you develop over time after knowing each other really well and for a long time and that's kind of what I think their dynamic is like. I think that might have sounded a little contradictory. My point is I really enjoy their dynamic and their chemistry but I kind of wish there were more hints of um feelings between them earlier on in the drama especially because they obviously trust and rely on each other a lot. And even though I mentioned that I think they've changed a lot from their past selves, they are still the same people. And Chief Glee is in this position um, working in the Mystic pop Bar because he wants to watch over Wolju. So I kind of wish there were just fleeting moments of, you know, catching gazes, of like just wishful thinking like this man reminds me of you know the crown prince who i fell in love with or just some other fleeting moments of you know connection i think that would have worked together quite well but then again i know this drama is not really focused on the romance Regardless, I really enjoy their dynamic and I'm really glad they didn't try to force a sort of, like, young, passionate love kind of, um, reunion, I guess, on these two characters. Especially because it's complemented by Kongbei and Yodin's relationship, which is more of the sweetness of young love, a little bit awkward, a little bit unconfident, fumbling, kind of innocent kind of love... So it has this nice little balance between these two types of relationships. And on the topic of chemistry and relationships, Wolju and Kongbei's relationship was amazing. They played the mother and son dynamic right from the start. There was this one episode, I think it was 4 or 5, where Kangbei passed out from the strain of his work, and Wolju kind of like nursed him back to health made him food and just really cared and looked out for him even before she knew he was her son. So they kind of had that dynamic going on for them and it wasn't really a surprise when we found out that he was her child because that was hinted all along, which is another thing that I love about this drama. It doesn't just throw a plot twist that changes the entire dynamic and setup of the story. This makes sense in context and, you know, we see that even before she found out who he was, she was willing to sacrifice her life for him, which is exactly what she did for her child. So we already see her taking him under her wing. And although the age gap was a little bit strange, she was obviously too young to be his mom, but because the dynamic of their relationship was already established, It wasn't awkward to see them acknowledging their relationship.
1: I also really like that the person she desperately sought was her son and not like, her lover, which I thought would be the case. I was a little worried Song Jae, I mean, Kong Bei, would turn out to be one of her lovers.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. I texted you before I watched the first episode. I was like, is he gonna be like, the second lead? Because... Many K-dramas have that love triangle kinda approach to romance and I didn't really want to see that in this drama so it's a relief to know that that wasn't the case and I love how it worked out, I love the dynamic as it was. So overall, I think this drama was amazing. It was well developed, the characters were so interesting and complex It was very feel-good and light, even though it tackled heavy topics. It's fantasy, which garners all the big points for me, and it has a happy ending. Although, to be honest, I am not very sure how he came back to life. I am glad it happened, because I want them to live as a happy family. I want Kongbei to have a family. I want Wojoo to be an Oma. You know the moment when Kongbei was grabbing on to Wojoo and saying like, Oma, oh... That moment was so heartbreaking. But, um, yeah, I, I don't understand how both of them actually came back. I remember you said something like they were supposed to go on for like 16 episodes instead of 12. So that's why the ending was a little bit rushed. But, um.
1: Yeah, I think that's why. But it is based off a webtoon. So maybe the webtoon would go a little more into the details of the story?
0: Yeah, maybe I should check out the webtoon and see how things went down. What about you? What were your thoughts on the drama overall? Would you recommend it?
1: Yeah. I really like that the stories of the people Wojou helped were woven very nicely into the story of her past.
0: Mmm, yeah, that was done really well.
1: And I guess if it had addressed some of the stuff you brought up, I think it would have been even better, but I really like it in general.
0: Yeah, I... I mean, they weren't such a huge deal that they affected, like, the plot and pacing of the story, but I guess no story is perfect. You would recommend it?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, me too. It's such a great drama. So before we end off, what drama are you looking forward to next?
1: I think I might want to watch the drama It's Okay to Not Be Okay next. The plot seems quite interesting, and I also read reviews that this drama doesn't romanticize mental health. I think it's good that we get to learn about these sensitive issues through the drama, so it's pretty high on my to-watch list.
0: Ooh, that sounds really interesting. Maybe we could have an episode on that after you've watched it. Yeah, thanks so much for being on the show. You always bring such valuable insights, even though I did most of the talking.
1: (laughs) Nah, I just didn't have much to say.
0: still here, you are a champ. Thanks so much for joining us around the Cool Gems Pojang Matar table. It was such a pleasure to have you here with us. I do want to know what you think about this drama, so DM me at Cool Gems Pod on Instagram or Twitter and we can connect there. Otherwise, new episodes are out every Tuesday, so stay tuned. Can't wait to see you at the next one.